and this might shock you a bit, but it's the development on women and girls, um, which I think has become more of a, a buzz tweet. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mentors Podcast. I'm your host, Ava Wetcher. Here on this show, we talk to luminaries from around the world to discuss their journey towards success and what wisdom they have to offer the younger generation. Each episode, we have on a new guest, a new story, and a new path towards personal success. I hope you're ready, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Mentors. Today, we have on Jalen Boone. Jalen is an American youth activist and currently serves as the United States Youth Observer for the United Nations. He is currently a senior at the University of Texas in San Antonio and double majoring in global affairs and sociology. Jalen is passionate about empowering young people to take the lead in solving global issues. He is the founder and executive director of Sustainable Youth in Action, a nonprofit organization that trains and equips students with the tools that they need to take their ideas and turn them into projects and even businesses. He is a Global Citizen Curtis Scholar, Cultural Vistas Fellow, and winner of the 2016 Gates Millennium Scholarship. His desire to combat social issues such as extreme poverty and climate change has taken him across the globe, working on the ground with communities in Hong Kong, South Africa, Saudi Arabia, and Japan. One of his primary goals is to increase local action and involvement in the sustainable development goals. It is his belief that community activists and young change makers at the local level will play a pivotal role in determining whether the SDGs will succeed or not. Without further ado, Jalen Boone. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Mentors. Today we have on Jalen Boone. Jalen, thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I am so excited. Just because of our conversation beforehand, I'm really excited. I ask this question to all of my guests. Uh, what is your origin story? Where did you start? And how did you get to where you are today? And you can go back as far as you'd like. Yeah, yeah. So um, my origin story starts in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Um, I was born and raised. Uh, it's a township uh, just outside Detroit. Um, and one thing I really loved about the township I grew up in is this, you know, how much they taught me about community. Um, and, you know, when a lot of people think about like Detroit or that part of Michigan I stay in, you know, you usually hear buzzwords like violence or gangs or murder, um, which can all be true, but I believe it's true everywhere you go. Uh, and in Detroit, it's more so community. It's always been that word that shouts out. You know, a community that, you know, looks out for one another. Like I know my mom could trust me to be outside without, you know, you know, getting caught up or getting, you know, in trouble because she could trust that our neighbors would discipline me if I did. Uh, so it was just a very, you know, <laughs> circular ecosystem, um, if you will. Uh, and so from there, I, I went on to school um at McBride and uh, Belleville which I'm excited to be going back to doing a, a first ever youth observer homecoming tour so I'll be going back to Michigan and um and seeing visiting some of those spots uh that really molded me and made me who I am um and in 2017 uh, or, or no 16 we moved uh from Michigan to 
uh, Texas. I know if my mom watches this, she'll be like, no, it was August something. I don't remember that much. Uh, and so we moved to Texas um, and I was still in high school. Um, and it was really cool because like, I, I never been down South. And so like, it was, while it was cool, it was still a huge culture shock. Uh, everything was so much more bigger. Um, people were friendlier, uh, for sure. <laughs> uh, which was kind of weird because I was just used to just jabs and directness. Um, and yeah, like I ended up graduating from Cypress Springs High School um and going on to UTSA where I'm now a senior uh studying global affairs and in sociology um and so yeah that's most of where like I've been on the timeline um and I'm sure we'll get into like specifics and whatnot <laughs> absolutely I am really really curious as to how you got involved in the UN because it's a big big um, entity and navigating those waters and figuring out how to get where I'm really curious as to how you um, started your journey in that yeah yeah no that's that's cool um I so when I came in my freshman year of college I had this mentor who's amazing her name is Dr. Eisenberg and someone, I think someone just told me, uh, my friend Matthew Trevino told her about me. And <laughs> I approached her um, and she's like, so, you know, you're the one uh, that everyone's talking about. And I'm like, okay, sure. Um, but essentially it was like, she doesn't know this, but she, it, it sort of felt like, have you ever seen The Incredibles? Oh it's yeah. Like, uh, okay, and there's like Edna. Yes. <laughs> she's got like the little. She's got the rolly chair with the bob. Oh my goodness. That is exactly <laughs> how I pictured Dr. Eisenberg, and I've never told her that, but like literally, she is that. She she's the type that's very direct, but she gets you right. And so she she sat there and she's like, "Tell me your story," and I remember telling her things, and she's like, "Oh yeah." Mm-hmm. Okay. And she's like, you should do this, that, this, and that. I'm like, wow, you're like on it. And and it wasn't like she had told me, maybe you could do these things. But she said, you're going to do these things. <laughs> uh, and one of those things was the Youth Observer. And I never really, like, I'd always been a local activist, you know, like I've always loved my community. I've done things with uh, churches, local action groups, you name it. And uh, I'd never really been concerned with a global sort of, you know, work or title. And she told me about the Youth Observer program. Um, and at that time, there was only, uh, was it three years ago? It was probably like only four or five of them uh, so far. And I remember looking at the requirements and all the uh, like things and seeing what I'd have to do. And I was like, uh-uh, nope, not ready. And... So I literally, I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll revisit it sometime my senior year or something, but it wasn't really on my radar. And so, you know, before I left this past summer, I was working in Saudi Arabia and, you know, I, I had saw an email from her and she's like, it's open, you know, you never know. Uh, and I was like, okay, let me just, let me just throw my name in the ring again. Uh, yeah, after a series of <laughs> tough, uh, marker points for the interviews and application. 
uh, I ended up being the eighth U.S. Youth Observer. So uh, here we are now, and it's been pretty sweet. <laughs> That's wonderful. I'm so glad that you had a mentor like Dr. Eisenberg uh, mm -hmm. to help you out and to support you that way. And I love the comparison of Edna. Uh, <laughs> That's a great oh, mental yeah. picture in my brain. Absolutely. And, you know, in your time as you and Youth Observer, um, what are the, some of the most, like, pressing issues that are facing, you know, youth globally or youth in America that we just might not know about? Because there are some of the big ones like climate change, which is really abundant and present. But mm -hmm. um, what are some other, you know, deeply pressing issues that we mm -hmm. might not have seen yet? Yeah, no, I, and, and, you know, every, what I love about the Youth Observer Program is, you know, we, we work in one year, 10 years. So from August to August, and each of us is specifically different. We work on a plethora of issues. Um, me being, if you've seen anything on me, climate change, of course. Uh, and in my predecessor working uh, largely with uh, hunger. Um, and then before him, women and girls. And, you know, so we've all had our SDGs. We've sort of, you know, tackled and try to work more towards. Uh, but honestly, um, I think one of the things that's going, you know, uh, unlooked and one of the pressing issues and this might shock you a bit but it's the development on women and girls um which i think has become more of a a buzz tweet than it has an actual you know agenda like you know an actual issue that we're looking to you know tackle um and why i say that is because you see a lot of attention from celebrities and things like that talking about this is what you know young women deserve this is this is why there's still not equal pay there's still not even access to education in you know developing countries um and it's like okay but there was a declaration you know beijing plus 25 that was made years ago and there still hasn't been any real change um there's only been lots of social sort of awareness. And I believe that this is the year of the anniversary of the Beijing Plus 25 conference, uh, women and girls. And I believe this year we'll actually see, in this decade, we'll see some actual changes happen in regard to um, women's rights um, and you know, young girls gathering ed education and uh, health products um, in developing countries. Um, because when you empower women and girls, you can empower a nation. Um, that's not just like a, a common phrase, but it's an actual economical and, you know, feasible thing. Like they've looked at it and you see that, you know, the care that a mother gives is, you know, can't be compared to one that a man gives. And, you know, I recognize that as a male um, and this noticing the work of my mom and the role she played in my education, development, you know, uh, and so I want to see more of that happening uh, this next this next year, next decade. Uh, but yeah, that's one of those issues that I believe that we talk a lot about, but there's actually not a lot happening. On. <laughs> yeah, you know, I it's really really interesting that you bring that up because again, in the U.S., it's you know you see it everywhere. You know, women should deserve these equal rights. You know, everything should be at a certain stance. But like you said, and you know, like you're expressing right now, there's a lot going on on the other side of the world. There's a lot going on in developing countries and you are completely right. And again, it, it is a cliche, but you are helping 50% of a population in a nation that has to be some benefit. I, and you know, I've noticed that as well 
in terms of, I mean, you don't want to say it's all talk, but again, it becomes a lot, it becomes really buzz crazy and great to do, but there's not been a lot of action behind it. So I'm really excited that you see some hope uh, for, you know, yeah. you know, post, you know, Beijing 25, hopefully that um, all of the, you know, women's development, especially around the world will become a lot more stable, a lot more steady, and we'll see growth and progression. Uh, actually, you know, how, this is a really curious question. When it comes to activism, people get kind of upset because they're like, oh, you're just talking, it's all talk, it's all talk. Um, but how do you translate that activism and just talking, quote unquote, to that action and that push for real change? Um, because we've been seeing it a lot with youth, you know, really speaking up and showing their voice. But a lot of people think that nothing's happening because of it when there really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I... That is the token question, <laughs> and it is the question that you know. If if my if my term as youth observer was a research project, my research question would be that. <laughs> you know, how do we take um, you know talk and you know translate it into action? Um, and I will say just a quick side note and shameless plug for those wanting to get to work on you know what's happening on this new agenda of women's rights and young girls in developing countries. Uh, there's a wonderful organization under the United Nations Foundation called Girl Up. And they are, I believe they're spearheading a lot that we'll see in this next uh, decade. So, uh, you know, that's a group that, you know, is learning to take, you know, what they talk about and turn it into action, be it through um, campaigns, petitions, uh, lobbying efforts, all those things actually matter um, as played out as they seem. It does matter when you can email or write your member of Congress. Um, it does matter when you can show up and be present at you know the UN meetings that you can have access to. Um, it does matter. Um, but I would say more than all of those things, it matters about what you're doing locally. And that's the work that I've gotten my hands into over the past, uh, you know, six years now, has been helping students develop projects that impact the local communities. Um, and I do that through a nonprofit. Uh, I started about two years ago called Sustainable Youth in Action. And basically it's easy what we do. We take students who have the talk, right? Who have the ideas and we consult with them. Uh, we provide them tools, um, methods of, you know, feasibility, how to create longevity, how to make sure it's a sustainable business or project. Uh, we provide funding at some ends, you know, to make sure that they have enough to be able to push the project out. Um, and I think the most valued thing is we provide one-on-one -on -one mentorship, student-to-student, -student, experienced to non-experienced. And I think that's the most beautiful thing because why do we need to call on an event planner when we can just use each other? Uh, and so what we're seeing is, uh, this sort of synergy that's created between students collaborating on impacting their communities, not just impacting, you know, not just working together to get an A on an assignment, right? Uh, which is the method of colleges today. Uh, if I were to have created a college, and this is completely just Jalen's world, my college would be completely run by, you know, how students are taking the concepts they learn and applying them, you know, because honestly, you're going to go through so many classes in college, but you won't ever remember what you learned, but you'll remember those classes where you've applied what you've learned. 
Um, and so on the, you know, back to your question on how do we take it from, you know, uh, this talking to action, multiple ways you can do that. And some of the ways our nonprofit does that is through mentoring, counseling, um, consulting, but largely empowering students to take those ideas, put them through this machine of hard work. You know, you've probably heard of Lean Canvas, knowing your dad, you know, and uh, putting them through all these mechanisms to make sure it comes out as something that can last. Um, and I believe that, you know, SYI will be launching uh, something very special in April, but it'll be able to, you know, maximize the impact of what we're trying to do here in San Antonio to the entire United States. So, um, yeah. Absolutely. Well, mm -hmm. you know, when you when you engage in your community and you make it a, you know, a beautiful scene, right? It can transition in the most awesome things because once San Antonio starts doing it, maybe Austin will do it, maybe Houston will pick it up. And now you have a whole state doing one thing and they're rocking out of they're killing it. And then that can transition into other cities, other, you know, other states, and then the whole country could be on it. Uh, you know, it's, it's a beautiful progression. And speaking of those students speaking up and making change, how can um, young people get involved and get connected to the UN? I think it's kind of seen as like this, not scary entity, but it looks so large that you don't know how to um, in interject yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, even in my role now, it still feels a bit large to me. You know, there's a lot of high level political forum meetings. There's a lot of you know, closed off general assembly meetings, you know, that quite frankly, we don't have access to unless it's televised or recorded. Um, but where we do have an access point is through our youth envoys office. And so the UN youth envoy is basically like a, I guess, UN observer, but for the entire world. And she does more than just observe. She actually uh, sits with secretary general and uh, but she's like our champion that sits up there at all the high level meetings. Um, and she has a lot of great initiatives under her belt and lots of great things that she's trying to pull out. Um, and she wants you to get involved, you know, uh, from our, we had in September, the UN Youth Climate Summit, which was the first of its kind. Uh, we gathered over 140 youth observers from 140 countries. So uh, that was that was awesome. Um, and we all came together to discuss this pressing matter of, you know, climate action and climate change. Uh, so that was that was unique. Uh, but she also has a, a bunch of different other initiatives, like we have our Eco-Soci Forum. Um, but then there are advocates of the UN, which I believe that Americans can play the most, the hugest part in. Um, just to be transparent with you, um, everyone it's not a mystery to find out how you know our government thinks currently about the u.n you know uh and so that may be a little bit discouraging uh at times but there are still organizations working to promote the work of the u.n which i'm proud to stand and represent um at una usa uh who's the advocacy arm of the u.n here in america um and students get involved with them through a number of different ways, uh, from you know being a part of a UNA USA chapter, uh, coming out to 
we even have students from the chapters actually come to the UN in September uh, to participate in the UNA USA delegation, which is awesome. Uh, we also have a global entrepreneurship summit, which is happening now in the end of March, uh, but and that's hosted in the in the UN. Uh, but there's there's all these different opportunities for students to come and experience um, both the work of the UN advocating for it on their own ring in spite of uh, the government uh, differences uh, and you know just a collective effort to uh, really draw in what it means to have a United Nations. Uh, now the entity itself at the UN offers a lot of different things as well. Um, you've got internships, which uh, I know I was talking to the Envoy, Youth Envoy about you know, it's kind of difficult because they aren't paid and it's you relocating to New York City. Uh, and for internationals, that might seem like a, you know, maybe feasible thing because they have sponsorship from their country, but we don't. Uh, so if you're coming from, say, Indiana to try to intern at the UN, you've got to take care of a, a number of things. Uh, but those are things that they're working on and I, I know is on their radar. Um, but other than that, they have volunteer programs the list honestly goes on and um, there's lots that you can find when you explore the UN site, but don't just stop there. Um, there's also partner, you know, like there's UNESCO, there's UNDP, um, UNEP. Uh, they all have separate programs, ways you can get involved, intern, volunteer. Uh, so I check out some of those links. I'm so glad that Jalen was able to give some great direction in terms of how youth can get involved in the UN, and that is definitely something to ponder on until part two of this interview, which comes out tomorrow. Be sure to stay tuned for more global wellness advice from Jalen, the process he took to becoming the UN Youth Observer, and the major impact the entrepreneurship is having on the local and global community.